and welcome slash welcome back if you have been here before to the Irish Mag Show and for episode five, which is our first episode of a brand new year, 2024. My name is Paul. I will be your host for today. My first duty is, of course, to wish all of our members and our listeners a very happy new year for 2024. And joining me, as always, are my two talent. It's that, that word talented got put in the script again. We need to start yeah. talking about who's, who's doing that. My two <laughs> talented co-hosts, fresh and ready with their New Year's resolutions. It's Mr. Alan Williamson. Say hello, Alan. How's it going, lads? How are you? And Mr. Crisho Martin. Hello, Crisho. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Happy New Year, Chiefs. Same to you. Happy New Year. I didn't tee you up to say say hello, Crisho, there because I know, yeah. I, we're going we're, we're to get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> we can't, we can't be having you having a catchphrase. Yeah, you've already got <laughs> Did we have a good Christmas, lads? And most importantly, any resolutions for 2024? Alan? Uh, have a great Christmas. Christmas. Absolutely no resolutions. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm going to be the same person I was two weeks ago as I am next week. Don't worry about it. That's very dis- that's very disappointing for us because we were hoping for. A, a <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And... <laughs> oh, that's regrettable, Chris. Can you give us something? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to completely change everything I do and say going yes. forward and be a real, you know, positive super supporter with a real knowledge uh, from 1971 all the way up to present day of Newcastle United. I've done my study over Christmas, uh, which was great. Uh, and the unfortunate thing about it is, is that we now have to talk about how Newcastle did over Christmas and New Year's. Sorry, everybody. Slightly. I mean, that is one of the reasons why we're going to be doing this every mm. week. We've been spoiled. Like, we've probably been a little bit spoiled, particularly when we started the Podlats, because mm. we had a lot of really, really good results and goals and performances yeah. to talk about. And it's just tapered off slightly. But we hope it's just a blip. And I think, you know, look, we wouldn't be Newcastle fans if we weren't used to talking about some disappointing things over the years mm-hmm. but we've also been a bit spoiled in my opinion we're gonna to have to get used to this lads we can't we can't have it all excellent so look as it's kind of i suppose a new year's special we will go through some of our usual segments looking at uh the recent irish mags events uh, that we've had on the last few weeks after as we've said what is now three disappointing results i guess since we last recorded um just the three games lads to talk about but we'll kind of we'll, we'll blitz over some of the main points um and then what I really want to start talking about is a little bit of transfer, transfer rumors, squad uh, rumors as well, and discussions around the squad and around the management and stuff like that, things that have been going on, especially based on what we're seeing in our WhatsApp groups in the Irish Mags community. Loads of ammunition there. Um, yeah. We, of course, then have to turn our eyes to what has emerged to be like a rather, I, I mean, it's a big clash when you draw Sunderland in the cup, but it's just, it's just, I feel like every day it's becoming an even bigger deal, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's a, it is. a lot riding it. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot more than just a f- place in the fourth round, basically. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely going to talk about that. But before we go into all that, lads, because New Year knew us, I thought it would be a good idea if we just take a little moment to um, reflect on 2023. It's been a great year for the Irish Mags in terms of everything that's been going on in and around the community. But it's also been a great year, you know, if you take a step back and think about it overall, as Newcastle fans or anyone connected with the club, working, playing for the club, following everything like that, it's been a hell of a year in terms of like just a calendar year itself. So I thought it might be a nice little idea if we rank some of the moments of 2023. Sure. So we had a good selection to choose from. So we, you know, we've been doing our homework in the background, folks. You know, peek behind the curtain for the listeners. 
Um, and we've come up with a kind of a, a list of what we feel are the, the key highlights for, for Newcastle in 2023. And definitely some honourable mentions in there because I think we sat down to put together five and we've ended up with like 12. So mm, yeah. there's, that, there's more than enough. And I think what we might start doing is just, I, I might kind of go through what we've what we've got ranked on the screen in front of us here. And I'll maybe just come to you lads for your memories of said moment in 2023. And what we'll truly find out, Alan, is how Chrisho, how drunk Chrisho was at each of yeah, those moments. Absolutely. That, that really <laughs> <tell you. laughs> um, so I think if we should, I'm kind of focusing on some moment moments slash results and I've kind of grouped some with if if a particular moment happened in the same game, I think that's you know we can combine those as as that moment. Who's on the same day or the same evening? So the first one we've start we, we can say we'll start with this one as number five is an eight nil win over Sheffield United. And Alan, I'm going to come to you first for this one because you know normally if we ask you to start counting past five and, and you know yeah. you have to get your shoes and socks off, so. that's exactly um, it. <laughs> <laughs> tell us your memories of that eight 0 win over Sheffield United, and and what I remember to be eight different goal scorers. Eight different goal scorers, it was indeed. Yeah. I tell you, that was the first time in my whole life where I've been watching a Newcastle match going, I actually can't believe I want this match to end. It's getting boring. Went six. It went seven. I was like, "What's the point of this?" I was like, "You get better football down St Dan's Park on a Sunday morning." Like that Sheffield United team were the worst team I'd ever seen. Now they're significantly better at the minute, but just that day was such a weird sensation to go watching Newcastle absolutely hockey someone, and I'm nearly not bored. Obviously, it was great crack, but I was like, "This is this is not a good standard of football to be playing against." Yeah, that was the way I felt about it, which is unusual. It was a bit like that meme from The Simpsons where Ralph uh, is there. It's not mightn't be Ralph, but one of the kids in the group, and it's yeah. like, "Stop, he's already." <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I, think, I think that's probably fair because, like, we just gave them an absolute hiding. And Krisha, what's even more mad about that game in hindsight now, of course, is that our only away win of the season so far? Uh, yeah. Recording. <laughs> I, I had a would you believe everybody and you guys here in the studio with me? I had a bet on at 7 0. Yeah, there you go. Check that out. I could have won back at a half time and all. I was yeah. I was there when he done it, so it was yeah. unbelievable. I could have so I think another, it was I think I think it was 427 euros off yeah. one euro or, or two euro or something or something like something that. Mental. Something mental, uh, and then I was like, I can't believe it, seven nil. Like everyone was kind of like, this is insane, uh, mm. because like Alan said, Sheffield United were very poor, but Newcastle. Yeah. This is the Newcastle that I think Eddie Howe wants how they want to play. We could demolish a lot of teams like this. If I'm frank, we did it to Villa, we did it to Chelsea, we've done it to Sheffield United, we did it to Spurs. This is the Newcastle I think that we've all been spoiled with, and we'll lead on in the the obviously the podcast, Paul that. You know, I think we've been a little bit spoiled. But our, our only away win, uh, frankly, I really, I'm really trying to pinpoint what's happening to us away. I, I think we're getting caught early, fast, heavy and early. And with the injuries, with the fact, like Eddie made a very good point last night. I don't know whether you guys caught it. I'm sure you did. But he, because we have to use the same team, he's not really able to coach or train anybody that they're just resting between games so they're not really getting to work on anything and he's just putting them the same 11 out again so look at that's no excuse but you know it was our only away winning of, of the season it was kind of, yeah. yikes i'm gonna say hold that thought because 
a question we'll come to later in, in the pod when we're talking about some of the performances. You know, my my question is going to be, what 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 do we need to do to get back to that version of Newcastle mm. that we've seen? And Chris, you mentioned it, Chelsea, Villa. You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it shortly. Champions League performance. So, just just hold that thought and keep that sure. question in the back of your mind because I'm coming for you shortly. Um, I was going to say I'm, I'll be coming at you fast because that might take us on to number four in our list of moments of 2023 was when a man by the name of Alexander Isak picks up the ball on the halfway line in our fixture uh, against Everton. I can't remember the specific month, but it was in the latter half of last of the season, right? Um, yeah, February, I think, was it? Season. Yeah, it might have been. And it was definitely, obviously, before the summer. But Isak mm. picks up the ball and he said, I'm going to come at Everton fast. Ran rings around like wow. what four or five players in the same mm. couple of them two or three yeah. times. And uh, I've written it here as the assist that wasn't because technically it wasn't an assist, which is mm-hmm. a travesty. But uh, I think just for an individual piece of brilliance, Alan, like I, I watched that and I actually was standing up uh, in, I was actually in France at my in-laws kind of place mm. and I was standing up in front of the TV. So I couldn't have been closer to it. <laughs> uh, and you, I suppose, tell me your reaction to that. And especially just the skill he had in that, in that non-assist. That room was a joke. He, Michael Keane was sent to the shops three different times by Isaac that day. He he turned him inside out twice and three times over. When you're watching that goal back, it should come with a content warning. That's not suitable for work. Like, that is a disgrace of a goal. Yeah, that's unbelievable. He absolutely ran ragged that day, and it was genuinely one of the best non-assists you ever will see. There's no doubt about it. He was on the byline when he put the ball across as well. Like, it's just such a you don't expect him to try go inside on the byline, basically. But he does, cuts inside, does his man again, puts it on the play for Murphy. It could have been anyone, but it was Murphy who slammed the home, tried to run off, celebrate, and then realized everyone was gone to Isaac. So he has said, I better yeah. go with them. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, fair play to Murphy, he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But he, like, it's like for it to not even be an assist, it's still. In my head, it's the Isaac goal, even though he's yeah. not scored or assisted it. And that's yeah. not common. You have that break. Yeah. But I think what it showed me, Chris, was just you talk about some of the best strikers out there. Now, Isaac's been in and out of form and in and out of fitness. And I don't think we've ever had 100% fully flowing momentum based Isaac playing for us, you know, with, with any real, um, like with any real sort of consistency. Yeah. But it shows you what he could do that I don't think many strikers can do um, for, for, for a number nine which is taking on and beating players at pace, at speed, with that technique and footwork. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, is he a number nine? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I know, based off, I know you, he was signed as one, but the quintessential mm-hmm. Newcastle number nine, you know, big Malcolm McDonald, Alan Shearer, big, big massive lump that, that just bursts through defences and splits the goal open like Ryder Overs, whereas... They've made a very sensible choice here, and I, I, I like what they were doing initially. I still am liking what they're doing in the recruitment, is buying players that spread across, that can play left wing, right wing, up front, can play number 10. He could even play midfield, right wing, in a 4-4-2. No problem to him whatsoever. Um, that, 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 that moment at Everton showed the real talent that we purchased. I know he's shown it many other times with volleys and headers and uh, assists, but that against Everton really showed what they what they saw. And I look back at when he played for Sociedad, Sociedad, he did that a couple of times when he played in the Spanish league, but that's obviously a lesser league in terms of defending. It's quite slow, but 
he he ripped some of their, their defences mm-hmm. apart as a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. What he did to Everton is probably one of the greatest runs I've seen in a long time in the mm-hmm. Premier League. It's real Henri-esque. It was unbelievable. And I think that's where my mind went when you said is yeah. you said is Isaac a nine. To me, he's as much a nine as like it's a big comparison, right? Henri was unbelievable, yeah. but like I see him as a, a striker the same way Henri was a striker. He's not a yeah. kind of limited number nine, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he can he can do a ton. Like I, I just feel like we're on, we've not even seen half, if not sixty yeah. percent of what he can do. Do you know what I mean? I think there's so much more to come. Right. Speaking of runs, um, we had a very good run in a competition last year. And it was a Carabao Cup final. Now, we all know how it did transpire. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't beyond the day, and we lost 2-0 to Man United. And, you know, if you were to ask me back then, would this not be one of the big moments of the year, not be our number one or number two choice? Yes, there's elements of hindsight and recency bias and all that kind of stuff together. Um but it's for me, it was still a huge moment. And to see what the Geordies did in London, we unleashed ourselves on London. And and London hadn't seen anything like that for a long, long time, considering it's a place yeah. that's had, um, you know, obviously international finals and Olympics and all that kind of stuff. Um, I watched the game with my two nephews, and they are both Man United fans. Oof. And they had a great, now they're only like 10, mm. so they had a great time. I mean, a great time. I, on the other hand, was basically like, because there was a lot of kids running around, it was a family event, I was basically like on my knees in front of the TV, kind of leaning against the counter, and I was just gone demented. So I wasn't having a great time. Mm. But tell us your recollections of it. Um, Alan, I'll start with you. Did you guys watch it together, actually? Were you in the league? No, we actually weren't. No, No. none of us were at the game. Well, none of us were at the game. Didn't watch it in the bleaker. I watched it with one of my Manchester United supporting mates and his partner and my partner. And it was one of the most disappointing results. But to quote my friend Jack, if you're listening, how's it going? His missus walked into the room and was like, I thought Man United were winning. Why are Newcastle fans all going absolutely bananas? And I turned around to her and said, because we are the best fans on planet Earth, bar none. Mm. And Jack turned around and went, I can't disagree with him. He's like, these are unbelievable. Just that day, I was like, I, I need I need more of this in my life. It was yeah. the most, and even watching on the telly was one of the most amazing things I'd ever done in my whole life. And I was like, I cannot wait till we are back there again. May not be this year. I did say we were going to win the Carabao Cup this year. Obviously, we're not going to, but I did think we'd get back to somewhere like that. Depending on fixed results on Saturday, we could still get to Wembley in a different competition. But what a day, what a result, what a poor result. But still, to be part of that, even to be in the question of we got to a final. Massive, massive experience for us. We'll only do us the world of good in years to come. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Chris, you're like, you could link that to a couple of other big moments of 2023 because we obviously lost to Man United. And that was, I think that was in February. Was it February or March? That yeah, February. Um, that spurred us on to get revenge. And not only once, but twice, I believe, since. Um, yes. If not three times, because we play Man United all the time. Um, we obviously went on to batter them in the league, and then we beat them in the league already this season, and we beat them in the cup in a way. Yeah, three nil, three nil, one nil, two nil. Yeah. So like, it's again, I've mentioned all my kind of close family are Manchester United fans, so we've traditionally not had a great record against them. And Chris, you'll 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 be like me, and you'll remember the, the back the Cantona goal, Albert five nils, and all this kind of stuff, but. 
it's nice now that we are we have the upper hand, I would say. Um, even if they finished ahead of us in the league and obviously won the cup, I think we're still just about kind of have the upper hand on them and long may that continue. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. That that day, uh, I, and I, I and I think everyone felt it before the game started. I, I was up what, like Alan said, very proud that Newcastle get to a final. I was beyond excited. I'll be honest with you, uh, and uh, I, I'll be honest, I did cry a little uh, at the final whistle because uh, I, I really felt for the team. I felt for the manager. I felt for the city. I felt for all of our group, you know, especially with it being Man United. That really burns my soul. Uh, as you know, I do have a somewhat association with Man Red. From the from, in the jar. From, <laughs> from, from years ago. So it, I, I love beating Man Red. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Kevin Keegan's thought, I love it. But that was, I, I think the occasion got to all of them. It got to me. I wasn't even playing. I was just watching it on TV. So I mean, it seemed like it got to them, but yeah, it was just—it was a beautiful moment to see all the fans just getting behind it, getting behind the, the club, and getting behind the city and, and the players. No matter, it could have been five 0 We still would have sang the stadium out of it and waved our flag. So, but again, I don't want Newcastle to be like Ireland, where the fans are number one, but the team are hundreds in the world. Perfect. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to be the greatest fans in the world. I want to be the greatest football team in the world. Yeah, so we'll get there. I know we'll get there. I know we'll get there. I know we'll get there. Let's absolutely, absolutely, freaking lutely. I totally agree with that. Like to Alan's point, you know, if it did prove anything on a on a big stage, it's it's you know, look at the look at the Newcastle fans when we travel, and mm. long may that continue because we need to help pick up our away form. Um, in at number two of moments of twenty twenty three, and I'm going to throw a little bit of bias in this one, lads, for why. I, why this one has has reached the higher echelons of the list is because I was there in St. James's Park for this one, which was the 6-1. And demolition is written here because it was a demolition of a really good Spurs side. Granted, we're going through some transition, but like the standout for me here, aside from the result and the goals and, and that day was the meaning behind this as well. If you remember, I think, you know, it was between us and Spurs in and around like the you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth spots. And, you know, us winning that actually gave us a big bit of breathing space yeah. and set us up to really kind of ramp home for the Champions League um, place, that fourth Champions League place in the end. It took um, us five points ahead, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, it was emphatic, right? And I was, you know, I was standing in the stadium and, you know, when you've been in the stadium, guys, you've probably both been in the Melbourne, you're looking up at the top left across the pitch at the scoreboard. And I just kept having to look at it because <laughs> on 22 minutes, it was 5-0 and I hadn't a clue what was going on. Um, so, yeah, that that for me gives it a definite shoe in for uh, a big moment and the number two moment of the year. But what about yourselves, lads, when you were watching that 6-1? And I, I'll say it again, demolition. Absolute joke. My my partner came in after about 20 minutes of that match. She was in work. I was watching at home. She came in and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on here. And she's like, can you, that, you, can you see what I'm seeing? That, I was like, she's like, is it actually five nil? And I was like, no, we're five nil up. It's 20 minutes in. I think I'm going to cry. Didn't yeah. <laughs> <It was, laughs> I, for when something like that happens, you just don't know how to comprehend. You just enjoy the moment and you go, I'll probably never see acting like this ever again. May as well just enjoy it. And that's how I felt that day. I didn't know what was going on. And I still, to this day, kind of go, yeah. 
Did that, did that really happen? Did we really yeah. have five goals in 22 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. No, I think... Um... Alan, I think Jacob Murphy was taking a leaf out of your book because when he scored that third goal from outside the box, yeah, thirty yard banger. That, everyone knows it now. That big, massive smile on his face. There was also a fat a Newcastle fan as well as a player. Yeah, just going like, I, I, I also can't believe that, but I'm going to enjoy the feeling of this. And Absolutely. He, I mean, you'll never see a bigger smile on a footballer's nah. face. I would say. Um, and the other thing, Chris, show that stood out in that game as well to memory was. What I believe is called a Trivella assist from Joe Willock. And we're going to see if Chris Show can do that with terminology here. Um, it was that outside of the boot, boot outside of the boot, long yeah. pass um, from Joe Willock into the path of Isaac, who smashes at home. And again, showing that he, he can be a top quality elite mm-hmm. number nine. But Chris Show, for yourself, like you remember, I, I mean, specifically, you remember that pass and that J- Jacob Murphy moment, but just that overall, that 20 minutes and, of course, the 90 minutes around it. Yeah, like the. the the the, the the 21 minute i think it was 21 minutes and it was five nil right and i actually nearly went into an actual glitch like a computer i, I nearly glitched i turned off the tv i was like starting to sweat a little bit i was like my palms were all sweaty i was like no nah, hang on a second i know that sounds a bit you know hyperbolic but it was true and i i switched it off and i switched it back on and it was still five nil and i was like wait a second <laughs> hang on a second Did, what um and I, I just the fact that they turned up it's like as if the stadium spiritually dragged the balls into the goals. It, mm. Everybody was all on the same. That's Newcastle at, at their finest, yeah. And that pass was like a training ground pass, you know. Like as in, like they're, they're just having a bit of crack. This is it's kind of you know I'm kind of relaxed today. I'll just spin that over to Isaac and he can just slot it away. It's something that happens at the end of training, and you think, God, oh, that was a good pass, Joe. Mm. Well, thanks, bro. And they go in and you know get ready. But to do it on the day. And do it as soon as it came to him. He he, he didn't even look like he didn't even really think about it. He just looked up really quickly and went, "Come!" And they're the kind of you know inspirational moments that we've been missing with having Joe Willock out. You saw what he did with his run against Man United at Old Trafford. That was majestic. And then these kind of moments, I think we're this is what we're missing. We've got a, you know a tired team, but that day was one of the greatest days uh, I, I've seen Newcastle play in, in the last two decades, without a doubt. Brilliant and I can tell you that night was one of the best nights as well. After that, I imagine so. I was there, but I'm just imagining it was. Because yeah, most you definitely don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched yeah. the highlights. I, I must have watched the highlights, lads. Honestly, about twenty to thirty times. Absolutely. I loved Absolutely. it. And if you're listening right now, you we recommend you go and do the same. But Absolutely. before that, we mentioned that being a demolition, and it was a demolition. The moment of 2023, lads, I think we're all fairly unanimous on it, mm. was also a demolition. And this one just, this one was just different for so many reasons. Namely, number one, because we were in the Champions League. Number two, we're playing against PSG. Number three, they've got arguably the best player in the world on the field against us. And number four, which is suitable, we've beaten them 4-1. And I think the cherry on the top, Alan, was... I mean, it's so hard to pick because you had local lads scoring against PSG in a 4-1 win. And then that last goal by that man, Fabian Cher. Oh. Alan, what was happening oh. in your life when that happened? I tell you, I was actually on my holidays in Lanzarote for that game and found a little bar, had it on, grand. Bloke sits down beside me, you know, 
incredibly thick Geordie accent spouts something to me and I turn around and go I'm actually from Dublin I didn't really understand what you just said to me and he started breaking his heart laughing <laughs> his wife then said I know nobody understands him don't worry about it chatting to him the whole night when the goals start going he said obviously asked me how do you think and I said that's some reason for some reason we're going to do this and the sales is going to score and I I had the bet on that we were going to beat them by two and the sales was going to score the sales didn't score obviously but he was like, "You're something wrong with you. Something wrong with you." I, I said, "I done this bit. I done this bit." Nineteenth minute, Shar put that ball on the back of the net. Turns around to me and said, "This is the best day of my life, and I'm not even in the ground." I was like, "This is insane." I was like, "This, I, I just don't understand life at the minute." Mm. I was like, "We, we, we barely, we, sc- we scraped into the Champions League, if you know what I mean." But we then just went out and put PSG to the sword, and we were like. <laughs> It's our first year back in this, lads. We're not meant to be enjoying it this much. Obviously, things didn't go our way in the group, but to have moments like that is just beyond belief, really. And Shar's goal, unbelievable. Yeah, like, you know, obviously it's lovely we've had a moment like that. I think it started off with a really good uh, opening draw in the San Siro, right? Which you take nothing away from, not an easy place to go and get that even. And I think we were, we were, we were outplayed, I think. Absolutely. But just, you know, we walked mm-hmm. to St. James's Park and again, it's a Jacob Murphy reference because everyone looks at Jacob, Jacob Murphy when the Champions League music is playing in James's Park. But to go and, and really like take a manager like Luis Enrique and take a team like PSG completely by, like they were blown away by mm-hmm. not only, um, the atmosphere of the stadium and the noise of the fans, but just the pace and the emphatic nature of how we were playing that day. And again, Chris, this will feed into the question for later. How do we get back to those glorious days? And hopefully they're not far away. But um, yeah, I think, you know, there was just, it was all happening at once. Um, the moment Almiron smashes in the first goal was just this like explosion of euphoria that I think collectively every Newcastle fan felt at the same time. And then it was just, it just got better and better, I feel, because uh, you had local, the local lads obviously getting on the score sheet. Mm. Um, we won't talk about VR or anything like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, that, that Fabian chair finish will go down as one of the greatest Newcastle United goals in history, I would say. It was like it's up there with Albert's goal against Man Raid in that 5 0. Up the centre yeah. back scoring goals. Yeah, <laughs> centre back scored magnificent goal. Yeah, obviously, as Alan alluded to, things didn't transpire the way we would have liked them to in the Champions League. Um, I think we can also connect the fact that we beat them 4-1 at home to we should have done the double over them. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Bar uh, what was arguably the worst moment for Newcastle in the 2023, mm. which is the most ridiculous VAR handball you'll ever see against Team Lillipermento. But I think we won't take away from the fact that those are five incredible moments for 2023, Absolutely. lads. I think it's important Absolutely. to just sit down every now and again and go, do you know what? That was a great year. We're now in a brand new one. Let's hope it's even bigger and better. Um couple of honourable mentions as well, that's on the list that we didn't include in the top five. And it wasn't easy. I think, you know, we we alluded to just the first game in the San Siro and the performance oh. and, and, and just everything that went into that was huge. Can I just Alan, say something on that? Alan was there. Yeah, yeah. Alan Absolutely. Was I was there. I had my godson on my right and I had my uncle who got me into being a Newcastle fan on my left. And when the oh, Champions yeah. League music kicked in, don't care, 30 year old bloke, tears running down my face Ball. just one of them moments i was like yeah. this is this is one of the things i've always dreamt of and till the day i die i will remember that champions league moment kicking in and i was just like this is one of the best moments of my life alan honestly yes. i'm gonna i'm gonna start crying oh unbelievable. Yeah. 
See, can you see? Can you? Can I, I hope everybody at home <laughs> listening to this can genuinely feel the passion that squeezes oh. from every pore of this man. Now, Paul, yourself, and I, we love Newcastle, yeah, to death, forever. But Alan, you can really feel it. I can really, really feel it coming through. Oh, love it, Alan, with the heart <laughs> on his sleeve. Absolutely. Um, other, Very other stand-up. Well, I mean. We didn't really allude to it. There was, it didn't feel like there was an exact moment because I think it took that draw against Leicester, Leicester, mm. which I was mm. also at. Um, <laughs> had a good run of games back then um, in the in, in the in the obtaining. Nick Pope says, but um, mm. Nick Pope's ninety first minute save and whatever eighty ninth minute yeah. save to Ugh. make sure we get that draw. Um, massive moment. I think other standout moments, maybe even more recently. Uh, Tonali's debut goal was cracking. Like uh, oh, obviously things yeah. again, things haven't transpired the way we'd hoped with Tonali. But what a start that was to his career. After all the nonsense that surrounded him, him saying people saying like he doesn't want to come here and he's never smiling. He was smiling when he scored that goal. I can tell you that. I have um, a point on him as well. Sorry, really quickly. Mm, yeah, he was bought in as Bruno's replacement. We knew this ban was coming. Yeah. I said this group. I was like, look, I think we signed him for next season. He has he will have a full year of bedding into this squad. And when Bruno is we don't want Bruno to go by any stretch of the imagination, but Bruno is our most sellable asset. And when someone comes in with a bit of 115 million plus, we're gonna have to take it because it's all about trading at the minute. Dan Ashworth has said it, Eddie Howe has said it. We have to sell the buy. Unfortunately, we don't have the FFP power yet. We'll get there, but that is why Tanali was signed. I think we knew about this ban coming in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I think now, we need to that make out. a note. I think, Chris, we're going to take this into next week's show. <laughs> yes. Because I want to pick Alan's brain more on this mm. in particular. Yeah, it's very interesting. When, when did Alan become an ITK? And, and I've never <laughs> seen a man so sure of anything the way he tells Absolutely. Us. So let's put a pin in that for, for the moment. <laughs> um, we mentioned that was Tonali's first goal for Newcastle. More recently, Lewis Miley's first goal for Newcastle was cracking as well. Um, that was like such a nice moment. Obviously, he'd put together a good few games. Everyone's talking about what a great little player he is. But he's just, you know, he he had that assist with Isaac. We've seen some of the passes and the vision he has, as well as his style of play. But for him to get that goal as a 17-year-old in St. Park, that like that's the stuff dreams are made of. Yeah. That's, do you know what I mean? For for a local lad as well. So and he's not gonna do he, he's not gonna he's, yeah, he's not gonna do with Maddie Longstaff scoring a goal against Man Red. And then, you know, okay, he got injured, but now he just doesn't exist anymore. This guy, this guy is our number eight. This guy is the future of Newcastle United's midfield. No doubt whatsoever. What we won't talk about is um the the way you know the likes of City have looked at local kind of or sorry, have looked at um homegrown players. As a pure profit when it comes to FFP, mm. so you're thinking about Cole Palmer there, and obviously a lot of talks now that Connor Gallagher might get sold. So let's hope the Newcastle don't go down that direction. Yeah. And uh, last couple of moments, lads. Obviously, there was a big win over Arsenal, a one nil win at home that just felt like so much more. Uh, and oh, and, and they're still talking about it, and let them <laughs> let them talk about it as long as they want. Um, and the the one last moment I want to speak of, which was one of my favorite moments of the year, because because I'm a petty petty man. Was when uh, when Jacob Murphy waved. Um, was it Caletta Car at the Southampton? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. In the, I want to say that was the Carabao Cup semi final. One of the semi final, yeah. First yeah. one, yeah. First semi final. First leg, yeah. yeah. First leg. Just giving it. He's just giving it one of them. Sorry, we're giving a wave to the camera, lads. For <laughs> he was like that. Look, he was like, bye. Uh, it was, was so good. Every, all of us either have done it if you've played or have wanted to do that, even oh, yes. in work. 
or anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacob Murphy took the occasion in front of a few thousand people and all the TV cameras in the country to, to give some absolute shithousery. Oh. I'm here for it. Fantastic. <laughs> Super, right? Well, that's our moments of 2023. And that actually took far longer than I expected, but <laughs> I really enjoyed reliving every every yeah. one of those. And yeah, I think that, I that's the platform, lads. That's what we want to take into it. So I think that will be a nice uh, setup to go into our next section, which is going to be, we'll have, we'll have to talk about it. As much as Chris Show has wanted to avoid it, we do need to kind of reflect on what has been three very disappointing results during the festive mm-hmm. period and since we, last, um, since we last had an episode live. It's only about a week and a bit, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you first. Um, we'll do just a minute or two on on the two on the two games initially, which was uh, losing one nil to Luton away from home, and then yeah. very unexpectedly, I would say, because we were talking about home form being our thing, yeah. we've gone and lost to Forest. So, I guess I want to hear your two cents on like what were the main two or three things you think have have cost us those two games in what we would normally see as two very winnable games. They were two very winnable games. Don't get me wrong. Luton will be a tough place to go for everyone, but yeah. we, did, we didn't turn up. I don't care what anyone says. We were brutal mm. that day. The Russian players back from injury, 10 games in 30 days. I know they're all excuses. No proper recovery, no proper training, no proper preparation for games. It's all a learning curve, but I hate saying it we need to get out of this it's still a learning curve kind of mentality mm. and it's look where we came from mentality i want to be one of the best teams on planet earth obviously but at the same time it's it's not fifa boys you can't just go out and become world class overnight it's yeah. a gradual game it's a gradual game two very tough defeats chris wood turning into prime Messi didn't help at st james's park either <laughs> couldn't do it in 24 games for us or something like that turns mm. back up and it's the best player on the pitch by a country mile Dan Byrne that day should not have been on the pitch. He wasn't even remotely fit enough. He made Chris Wood look like Messi. Got turned yeah. inside out for the hat-trick goal, so just, he wasn't fit. Don't don't even go there. Lack of preparation, lack of training is the only way I can really look at this without getting very, very negative. Yeah. I think it's fair, like, and the, the only thing I, the main thing I took away, and we'll, we'll talk about Liverpool in a minute, um, because that's obviously the most recent game, but... Particularly Forest, I just I just started looking at it and I went. All I could think of was, it's not so much about this Plan A, Plan B thing, and, and Eddie Howe's coming under criticism saying that we don't have a Plan B. But like, how can you have a Plan B when you've got no personnel options to change things? So then you're just relying on okay, we'll try and flick things tactically. But because of the of where we found ourselves in the last, I mean, let's call it the last four weeks being so stretched, I just feel like some teams have kind of looked at and gone, okay, we can just get at these by catching them on the break because this is a, an aggressive team, especially at home, yeah. that wants to go on the front foot, that wants to come back, come again, like to come at you, run at defenders and score goals. Let's just break on the counter. We've got Anthony yeah. Langa and Callum Hudson-Odoi, two like lightning fast players coming up against arguably, you know, you've got Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier, like who, you know, aren't ever going to be the fastest players, right? And especially when Trippier is bombing down so much. So I just felt like it was, especially the Forest game, like they were like happy to just catch us on the break and they did it yeah. each time. And we and we, we never stopped it. Yeah, look, Newcastle got Newcastle. Let's be honest here. Uh, I know it's hard to take. It's certainly hard to watch, I can tell you that. But again, like I've said in the previous couple of episodes, 
we have chances. Alan, we had chances. We need to take chances. Yeah. I you know, yes, one nil, three one. Look, specifically the North Forest game, we absolutely got Newcastle. You know, they soaked it up, caught us on the wings, caught us on the hop. Dan Byrne wasn't fit, like Alan said. Trippy's having a bit of a mare. And uh, and Nick Pope's not there to keep it steady. And we got we I mean they could have scored four or five. Now I know people might say, ah, come on now. But they could have. Um, and uh, we're lacking in confidence. We're tired. We're you know we're overrun. And uh, Nottingham Forest couldn't have played us at, at a better time. But with Luton, I would worry about any team going to play in small ground. Tough. That's a hard place to go. Um, but I mean, it's not all doom and gloom, lads. Yeah, I've seen Newcastle play a lot worse. Yeah, mm. you know, we played all right. We just again didn't take our chances. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we let the other teams do it right. And Krisha, you mentioned confidence there, and we'll, we'll move into Liverpool. Um, not not mm. literally, of course. We don't want to move mm. to Liverpool, but um, <laughs> we'll move over to Liverpool. And uh, yeah. I f- this is a really weird. Like this is a game that was like at the time of recording, peek behind the curtain again, folks. But twenty four hours ago, I would say roughly. Mm. Yeah. This is a game where Liverpool statistically dominated us, right? Mm. And obviously, in that first half, quite a lot of chances, and it helps that Darwin just couldn't hit water if he was standing on a boat um gets in all the right places but just can't finish his dinner um but i felt like despite that right and they had the highest xg and the most shots and all this kind of stuff i still felt like this is a game that we were in for a very long time probably until that ridiculous penalty decision where jada just kind of was like i'll go down and said like yeah at that point i think it was three two now again they dominated us they deserved to win Right, but this is a game where I think that we could have gotten something, and Liverpool fans would have been disgusted. But I actually do. I felt like we were, we were doing what we said there, trying to catch them on the break. Yeah. You know, when, like Gordon at times showed fatigue, but but you know we could see what we were trying to do, and he was a lot better when he moved him on to the left against Trent, which is the dream. Um, to, is where you want to see Anthony Gordon, maybe a bit late. And he, he's act looked sharp. And the, the finish he took was great. Uh, oh, it was a good you know, mm. um, and lovely to see Sven Batman popping up and scoring a goal because it's something that we just don't do enough of those direct mm-hmm. headers from a corner with the height we have. But to go back on point, Chris, um, yeah, I just felt like it was a different type of performance in terms of like how I watched and experienced it, where I felt, you know, was this a confidence thing versus like we're playing a really, really good team who just outplayed the hell of us. But we still had faith in our defense and, and uh, I would say some faith in our plan. And yeah, at the end of it, um, despite the statistical nature of it, I felt like we could have got something from that game. Well, uh, if any of if any of our fan base, and not just the Irish mags, but the general Newcastle fan base, ever wanted to see uh, an example that these guys care, that was last night because it was like what bloody forty-one shots on goal from Liverpool. De Bravka played the game of the last two seasons that he's been with Newcastle. Mm. Um, Botman, I'm not sure he should have been playing. He seemed a bit, he seemed a bit off. Dan Byrne again. I love Dan Byrne. Yeah, I, I love, I love him, right? But uh, he's not our left back, guys. So enjoy him this season. Yeah, mm. uh, he's not even going to be a replacement centre back next season. So, like I said again, enjoy him. Yeah. But if anyone, if any of our fan base, and especially ones that have been coming out with the nonsense online and uh, you know saying about Eddie Howe and, and Newcastle this, Newcastle that. That last night really proved to me. I was actually quite proud of the fact that it was that we got two goals. We could have had more. Uh, I thought we played. I thought we played quite well. 
yeah, they did have 40 shots, but so what? They always have quite a number, 25 to 35 shots. You could give Darwin, like you said, um, Paul, 600 chances, he might get two goals. Um, but I just think that, you know, if we really need a proof, last night was the proof that these guys care about Eddie Howe, they care about Newcastle, and they want to go for it. So I was quite happy with the performance last night, even though we lost 4-2. Yeah, but also like it's one of the hardest places you can go is Anfield as well. Do you know? Yeah, like Anfield absolutely. is up here at night time. You know, players have um, like players themselves have spoken about this. You know, mm. Anfield is up there with St James's is one of their one of the yeah. you know most like hated places to go to because of the atmosphere of the home fans as well. You know, so look, we we could talk about it all day long. Mm. I think a, a while ago I talked about um, a big question that we wanted to ask. Uh, both of you lads, which is like, in terms of where we are right now and, and turning this around, and uh, we'll go into transfers in a moment, but prior to that, like, what do we, do we think there's anything drastic that we need to change when it comes to just where we are now, how we're playing, the tactics we're using? Obviously, as Chris said, like, Eddie Howe's getting, getting criticism from, from strange parts of the internet, maybe yeah. is how mm-hmm. you describe it. Muppets is what you're trying to say there. <laughs> Yeah, also yeah. In, within our communities, I mean, it's fair enough. People can criticize and, and they should mm. criticize, right? But if we're being realistic, you know, it, I've written down here, would having a full squad to choose from make a big difference, for example? Yeah. When when Liverpool brought on Ryan Gravenberg, they brought on Diogo, Diogo Jota and they brought on um, Gakpo, Gakpo and they brought on McAllister. I mean, and, but that must feel lovely. Yeah. <laughs> be nice wouldn't it you know that would be lovely i mean we had yeah. miggy on the bench right you know and obviously you know as chris has already mentioned he's an out of form miggy and then we're we're just really really we're really thin like well, we we're moving to happy. january shortly yeah. but, um i think you know joe willock and harvey barnes even if i just threw those two names at you yeah. do you feel like there's a difference to be made with the squad we currently have absolutely is, is it just yeah. down to getting them back it's yeah. getting lads back in the training pitch, getting lads out of the treatment room. It's getting lads back to a bit of confidence, a bit of fitness, like 30 days, 10 games. That's mental. We have to get used to this, though. But the amount of injuries we've had is mad. We're not the only side. Spurs have had a massive injury crisis, and they went through a downturn of form. Man United had a massive injury crisis, and they went through a massive downturn of form. We had a massive injury crisis. And what happened to us? Massive downturn of form. It happens. Get up, get on with it. Take it on the chin because it'll happen to everyone else, unfortunately. So mm. roll on, lads getting out of the treatment room is all I'm gonna say. Well, let's, uh, let's bring them into our next our next section then, lads, which is where we'll have a little chat about January and the transfer window. Today, as we record, it's the second of January, which means the transfer window is officially open. So we've mentioned a couple of things there. We talked about getting our squad back. We talked about having less games, which is going to be lovely. Yes. The third piece of it, probably, Alan, is is looking at January transfers. And I'm going to come to you for the first one that just will not go away and probably won't until he moves or the transfer window yeah. closes again. And that is, of course, Calvin Phillips. So, Alan, I come to you once more and say, is Calvin Phillips moving to Newcastle? <laughs> By the looks of things, according to Twix or Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it, it's mm. nailed on. Um, I, not that I don't want it to happen. I, I want any player that wants to come to Newcastle to come to Newcastle. I want good players in and around the squad. He is a good player. When he was in that late squad, he 
that lead squad play that the manic gang and present football that we kind of play at the minute. So this might suit him down to the ground. I I hopefully will be eating my words saying I don't think he'll fit in. Never said I didn't want him. Thought he was more of the whole shoulder injury thing worries me. But if he comes in and runs amok and turns out to be our linchpin for the next three, four years. But the other thing is he's also 28. He's not a kid like people think he is. That's the issue there as well. So I hope he comes in. I hope he does well if he comes in. I just we need bodies in through the door to pad out the team, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and they need to be ready. I think is what I mean. Yeah, he isn't. He he's been questioned in the past about his just his physical fitness, and I think yeah. even Pep had a, had to go at him after the last international tournament. So there'll be two types of fitness that we're looking at with Calvin Phillips. Is he fit enough to be to come into the team and start training straight away and just start giving it large? But then. Obviously, there isn't much match fitness there because he's played very little football. He's definitely and, not Eddie Hilfe. Is he Eddie No, Hilfe? no. Couldn't be. No, so that's, not at all. That's something to, to be wary of, I suppose. And again, it's good. Our January, even though we've hard games in January, at least mm. we've only three of them uh, <laughs> after this. We have, a, we have the Sunderland game, we have Man City, and then we have at the end of the... Oh, Villa, Villa? Think, isn't it? Villa, Villa yeah. away at the end of the month. So, yeah. you know, Alan, you said 10 games in 30 days. Now we're looking at four games in 30 days, which yeah. is which is a nice um, It'll just be a question of, you know, players we sign, will they be ready to hit the ground running? And Chris, that will bring me over to you because mm. a couple more names, and even in the last two to three days, have popped up uh, from a lot of the kind of different sources that I would be keeping an eye on and that you would be keeping an eye on. Two of those players actually are playing in the Bundesliga, and one of whom we've mentioned before, which again still hasn't gone away, and that's Serhu Gurassi, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. who is the striker who's in great form for Stuttgart. Um, he's still floating around, and then the newest name I've seen is a centre back who's at Leverkusen, I believe, and it's Jonathan Ta. Mm -hmm. Any have you have you kind of picked up on any of those whispers or rumors? Anything? To I used to, I used to sign. I, I used to sign Jonathan Ta on Pro Evolution Soccer. He was awesome. Uh, he's he always seems like he's twenty two, big stocky, huge dude, brick wall, but with you know good feet left and right, good header of the ball. He's played. He's German, yeah. He's Turkish, but he's German. I think um, he plays for the German team. Uh, Garassi, seventeen and a half million. That's going to go right up to the end of January. I don't know who's going to get him, but. I really hope it's Newcastle because he seems to be like a Ekatike kind of kind of guy, a kind of a like I said to you, a quick Papa Cisse, uh, or a mixture of Demba and Cisse. The the big ones that have come across my desk, you know, my my uh, in the know desk is 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 Jacob Anderson is going to sign in the next three or four days from Crystal Palace, um, uh, and it's straight out. It's already done. It was done last summer. Just didn't get done. You know, last summer it's done. It'll be done in January. Uh, four-year contract. Uh, Andre Santos is going to be coming in on loan um, for six months from Chelsea. Um, is he not at Forest? He was at Forest. He's gone back. He's gone he back. back. He's, he's gone enough. back, right? And so Eddie has been very interested in him, taken for six months. Um, but the uh, I'm with Alan. I mean, I want any player that comes to Newcastle to mm -hmm. do well and want to come. I'm not a huge fan of the Calvin Phillips thing. Uh, I've looked into it more the last couple of days, and I'm thinking, where's, where's, like, if, if someone again, anywhere mentions to me that this number six thing, we've got to stop talking about football like we're playing FIFA. 
this number six crack has to stop yeah like people know what it is yeah because they don't know what it is it's a defensive midfielder that's what we need but we already have them with bruno jolene can play there Tandra Tonali can play there. Longstaff can play there. They're all pretty much defensive midfielders, to be honest with you, apart from Lewis Wiley, who's supposed to be an attacking midfielder. So this number six thing has to stop. Yeah, Calvin Phillips is is not a number six. Yeah, he's just not. He and this hold midfielder. Da, 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 he's just a midfielder. Yeah, that is more defensive than he is attacking. That's it. But like I said, is he ready to come from such disappointment of signing a six or eight year contract, not playing it in one minute this season? To come in and play against Man City or to play against Aston Villa at the end of the month? The answer I'm sadly going to say to you is, is no. But I think, Alan, you're I think, Alan, you're right. I think we will be seeing him coming through the doors mm. in the next couple of days, which is, I mean, I think they're going to buy him. Like, I genuinely believe we're going to buy him. Mm. Look, we've said it before, lads. We, we do tend to trust the process. And like, yeah. if, if, if whoever it is, if it's, if it's Eddie Howe, if it's Dan Ashworth, you know, with the exception of maybe Lewis Hall, who we, we probably would like to just see more of, never mind mm. how well he plays yeah. first. Like, almost every signing has has worked to an extent. Like, again, we don't want to go into detail on the tonality thing, but, you know, I think usually when we're signing players, we know what we're doing. I just hope there's no panic. Or if there's panic, it's good panic. <laughs> um, I've seen Brahim Diaz name, name thrown around, but he was on, he was on a lot of Milan last season. But yeah. uh, he's been back at Real Madrid. I'd find it hard to believe, unless it's a loan. Uh, which makes it affordable. Um, and the only other that might be realistic, because we talked about loans there, lads, uh, Alan, could be Yakuba Minta coming back. And that still hasn't gone been put to bed as far as yeah. I have seen. I've, I've not heard anyone shut it down or say it's not happening. It, it can't happen. I, I said it before. No, he is He's so raw, it's unbelievable. Like he, mm, mm. I'm going to quote Sean Casey here. If he didn't have a stand in front of him, he'd run out of the stadium. He puts his head down. He's like a horse. Yeah. He's like a horse. The blinkers are on. He cannot see what's around them. It's just dead straight. Sees the byline, puts the ball across. Them lines weren't there. He's keep going. Yeah. Needs a year okay. away. And he's still in. He like, they're still in the Champions League, aren't they? Are they still in Europe? They're still in Europe. Yeah. Still in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, they were in. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Come here. It's, it's more experience for him that we are going to need in the future. So leave him in on our in Feyenoord for as long as we possibly can get him as much game time as because what's the point in bringing him back and then in three weeks time Barnes is back Almiron's still okay Gordon's ahead of him you have Isaac who's arguably ahead of him what's his fifth choice leave him getting game time away yeah look we need a striker I said it to you before we started and I think everybody that's listening is going to 41% Callum Wilson has played uh, sorry has missed yeah busy signed for Newcastle 41% of games that is I love Callum Wilson again I love all of these players but again, this isn't good enough. We need a striker. We need a young striker. Maybe Garassi has been, I mean, it's quite, was it, Alan? I think it's 14 goals in 12 games or 17 goals in 12 games or something like that. I mean, maybe he's just having a great season. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just another flash. He's not, and it's not like he—he's not a young man. But what he what, no. what he might be is is ready in terms of yeah, age, ready, fitness, and form. Do you know what I mean? So which, which that's might the key word. That's the key word, yeah. Paul. Ready. We need players that are ready coming in in January. We need players that are ready, and maybe in a week's time we'll have a bunch of new names either signed or being talked about uh, for that's us it. to review. Um, so, I'd say we'll we'll leave the transfer news there, and we're probably going to move into. Again, you know this is my favorite part of the week, which is the famous Chris Show's bad take of the week. But this connects as well, Chris Show, because 
in the in in and around the transfers world, uh, the last time we recorded, you had arguably your own bad take and worst take of the year when you said, uh, "Let's get Isaac Hayden back because he's finishing yeah. up his loan." Yeah. Um, but uh, I've heard today, a couple hours before we started recording, that Sheffield United might be in for him. So I just wanted to break that news to you, Chris. Show gently. Ah. Sure you're doing okay. Um, and you can put all your eggs back into the Jeff Hendrick basket once more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely no. <laughs> so, Grisho, <laughs> let's let's have it. Can you bring us the first Grisho's bad take of the week for 2024? 2024. If Eddie Howe loses against Sunderland, he should be sacked. Uh, Jose Mourinho is lined up uh, to come in as the manager of Newcastle. It's already been agreed over the summer uh, in Qatar and Dubai, um, and everyone loves him. Uh, at the top level, uh, this is the kind of global kind of ambassador they want to take the club forward for the next five to seven years. Uh, Eddie Howe has done the job that they asked him to do to sweep up the shit. Excuse my French. That was left around before. He's cleaned up the ground. He's cleaned up. He's put in some, made use of uh, of the amenities he's been given. Um, but uh, thanks, Eddie. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jason. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, head physio was the first to go. He's already gone a couple of days ago. Uh, you can say all about paternity leave all you like. That was already arranged. Uh, they're bringing in their own staff. Uh, and um, that's probably going to be the bad take of 2024, but it's in the mm. first week of the first week of 2024. But this is not going away. And I know I'm with you guys. Trust me, I'm with all of the, our listeners too. I'm an Eddie Howe guy, right? I am. But I can't seem to get away from it anywhere I click or anywhere I listen to somewhere about Newcastle. All I ever see is things about Jose Mourinho, him talking about Bobby Robson, him smiling, winking, saying this, saying that. And that's the bad take of this week. And it's probably going to be the bad take of the January transfer window. Because if we don't get the good business in, God forbid, and I mean, and I don't believe in God, but God forbid that we lose against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. I am telling you straight here now, something drastic is going to happen. Drastic. This is too important. There's too much money invested. Something drastic is going to happen, and it's mm-hmm. going to involve Jose Mourinho and Jason and Eddie beef style going out through the doors, holding their bags. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, no. I mean, I know these aren't your bad takes, Chris. Just, no. Just for the record, these are bad mm-hmm. takes that we pick up in the community. But, um, Alan, so much for Chris Show just making us all feel reassured and relaxed yeah. in, in going into the new year because uh, he's just put the shit to <laughs> going into this underling game. Um, yeah, I don't know if we even need to go into too much detail on the. No, no, don't, don't. That's just a bad take. The only thing is, Alan's been shaking his head for three minutes. He's been shaking his head for three minutes. I I, I just feel like Jose Marino, while achieving loads in the game, has probably the most red cards any manager's ever had. And and (laughs) he also plays the worst football known to man. It's that anti football that I do. It's Bruce Ball, but with better players, is what he is. He's essentially a. Glorified Steve Bruce. I cannot go back to that crap. Just defensive mind. We're solid. We'll only concede 18 goals, but we scored 19 and win the league. Get away with it, will you? Well, that's a good. That's a good movement into as we well, as we approach the end of the pod. Um, before we go, a couple of pieces of business to attend to, and you've just mentioned it. A little, a little game against our arch rivals down the road. The Mackhams, which is Sunderland, in their own backyard. FA Cup third round, lads. 
obviously, as we mentioned at the top of the pod, uh, this game has picked up a lot more importance with each day that has moved and with each game that we've uh, we've had. Um, we've got Man City the week after, but it's all about Sunderland as yeah. it stands. Premier League, n- nobody's minds. This is okay. Newcastle against Sunderland. First time in eight years, Alan. Um, I suppose the big question really I would have for you is meet up is a big one for this. Uh, oh, yeah. Are we? Ha- l- l- if you could fill us in about the meetup that's coming up. And uh, I don't know if we know yet. Do we know if we've had many people successful in getting tickets for what is obviously going to be a tough game? They weigh in. in uh, we were successful with zero tickets. So, yeah, not not happening. Super. I think it was 12 million uh, loyalty points. I don't think any of us were got that high. <laughs> I'm going I'm to correct you. You said meet up. Meet up. It's meet ups. Plural. (laughs) So, shout out to Paul Slaughter and the Cork lads who will be meeting in Quinlan Seafood Restaurant and Bar from 12.15 on Saturday for... What it's it's a game that I I was praying every year. I'd love them in the cup. I'd love them in the cup. I'd love them in the cup. We get them in the cup, and I didn't want to play them. What did I wish that for? It was the worst thing in the world. It was what I always wanted. I got it, and I didn't want it. It's the weirdest sensation in the world. But mm. what can you do? Obviously, for the Dublin lads, we have a bit of a special meet up that we're going to consider our Christmas party. Mm-hmm. So. Johnny from the Bleaker has wonderfully told us he will open up at 11.30 a.m., which is a full hour and 15 minutes before kickoff, if you want to have a few pints early in the morning. Nice. After the game, we're also going to do our very own in-house Magstermind quiz, which I will actually be hosting, I think, with Chris O himself, if he decides to turn up. Wow. I'll be there. I will be there with bells on. He hasn't turned He hasn't turned up for a quiz yet, Alan, but that's a different Yeah, point. I know, yeah. That's why, we're, that's why he's the quiz master this time. With me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys but are the worst. You guys are the we've worst. We've also wrangled a little bit of finger food for after the quiz, which will... Nice push nicely into watching the Chelsea and Preston game at 5.30. So we should make a proper day out of it. And for just people who are wondering, we've lads coming from maybe Galway, Cork, Belfast, Port Leash, and several other corners of this mad island, all going to be converging on Bleecker Street Bar from 11.30 on Saturday morning. I think there'll be lads going home in ambulances at three o'clock after forty-six points, but <laughs> we'll enjoy ourselves. As we've said in the past, we don't we don't condone this condone this type of behavior. Drink responsibly, all of that kind of stuff, and stay safe. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, stay as a group together wherever you're enjoying the game, uh, whether it's a meetup, and of course, if you're watching at home as well, sure to be a cracker. Like Chris Show, yeah, in twenty seconds. Should yeah. we really be worried about Sunderland? They've just hired a new manager. No, lost two on the bounce no. since. Stop there, Paul. Stop, stop. You don't need twenty seconds. No, Sunderland are terrible. No. The terrible pitch, terrible stadium, terrible people. They're called the Mackams because they all they did was makes you know, and then we tacked it. They're they're yeah. no 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 no. There's nobody on their team that is anyway a, a problem for us. That said, that said, and I want to make this very clear to the two is and to all our listeners. This is the most important game of 2024. Don't care what anyone says. We could we could be 19th in the Premier League. This is the most important game. This Eddie Howe and everything I've just said previously from the bad takes. This is hanging on this. If if this this will this will this will bring them from a C to a D. Okay, in terms of 
his grading and form if it this doesn't season. Go well. mm-hmm. It doesn't go well. Yeah. So he, early, straight in. I know I didn't say 20 seconds. Straight in. 3 0 up. Uh, 60 minutes gone. Put a few young lads on. Make it 4 0. Boom. Game over. Fine. I'll take pray. it. Yeah. Pray. We'll take that. And then Alan will be free to have a few beers after. Mm. Responsibly. <laughs> Responsibly. Super stuff. Okay. Um, right. So that brings us almost to the end of the show, lads. There's one other piece of news, or I suppose Irish Mags related news, I wanted to share uh, at, at the request of a little known man by the name of Tev. There will be an Irish Mags member survey. It's the second ever Irish Mags member survey, I believe, uh, being sent out before the end of the month. I think we've got a gap in fixtures, so I believe it's going to be sent out in and around that moment. Yeah. So keep an eye, obviously, on our communication channels, email pigeons, all of the things that you use to communicate towards the end of the month. (laughs) And that's one important piece of news to share. And there is another piece of breaking news, Alan, I believe, from your side of the camp. Yes. That we didn't Um, nearly forget at all and will never tell anyone that we nearly did. Yes. So for lads that are interested, we are in the process of trying to set up a five-a-side team or five-a-side teams. Because yeah. we've lads on the north side, the south side. Of, now, this is I mean, Dublin at the minute. Dublin at the minute, lads. We're very sorry if you live in the country and you want to... If, come here, if you want to travel up, you're more than yeah. welcome to. But at the moment, we are looking into setting up at least one five-a-side team and potentially a second five-a-side team to go into many little competitions in the Astro Leagues. The only stipulation is you have to have a pair of football boots and you have to have a Newcastle jersey because that would be our home kit. Excellent. I mean, I mean, myself and Alan are extremely good footballers. Let's just put it out there. So, you know, I'll be playing like number just... 10, holding midfielder, maybe number six. Yeah. Uh, uh. It's good to be side. Yeah, yeah. Ah. You can be number six and a five-a-side, no problem. Also, hey, screw you guys. You might need to wash the blood and Guinness out of some of your Newcastle kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other Oh, blood. Why is there blood, Paul? Come on, why is there blood? I mean, come on. Never. Great to hear, lads. So, yeah, two pieces of news for the Irish Mags community to keep your eyes and ears out open for. Right, lads, I think that's it. We aren't going yeah. to do a quiz this week because we've got, a, you know, obviously a live Magstermind challenge happening in person at the weekend. And we wanted to see how Chris Show kind of does because he's embarrassed himself, I would say, Alan, right? He's, he's embarrassed himself in the last few yes. weeks we've done on, this, on this show. So we'll put a pin in the quiz for next week and we'll be back with, with a great one for you. So for now, all we can really say is, once more, Happy New Year from the three of us and from all of the Irish Mags Committee to all of the Irish Mags Community and all our listeners. Um, obviously, this is what this is episode five. So thank you again to everyone for listening. Obviously, last year and for the year that's ahead, we're really looking forward to it. You can find links to all the Irish Mag socials in the description below. And as well as all our contact details, if anybody wants to get in touch about any sponsorship opportunities, 2024 is a brand new year. Thank you to everyone who's followed and liked and subscribed and given us any kind of comments and feedback. The more the merrier. So keep them coming, guys. And until then, hopefully next time we get together in a week's time, we'll be talking about how we've battered those Macams from over the road. Because Krisho has assured us that we will. For now. For now. Guys, thank you very much. Alan, say goodbye. Slalat likes, thanks very much. Man, and of course, Chris O. Slana Walia, fellas. Uh, God bless you. Uh, happy New Year. Love to see you again. And uh, let's, uh, let's slay those Mackhams. <laughs>
Let's slay some Mackums indeed. Long way at last. Slongafall, Happy New Year, and we'll catch you all again soon. Slongafall.